Now, isn't it just like a man to not believe what a woman tells him? Not much has changed in that regard in 2,000 years. Just look at the politics of our day. It's just like a man to jump up and to have to go see it for himself. I'm one of those men. Just like a man to think only he can credibly verify an astonishing event. And that is just what the resurrection is, an astonishing event. Like most Unitarian Universalists, I am less interested in how or if the resurrection happened. I am more interested in what the story of the resurrection means. Jesus was dead, now he is alive again, and the story tells us that he wants to see his friends and disciples just as soon as possible. Isn't this what any of us want after someone that we love dies? One more chance to see them? Isn't this fondness what keeps their memory alive? Now, in the ancient Middle East, burial preparations were women's work. Jewish law, in particular, laid out the necessary steps to prepare a body after death. So it is no coincidence women were the first to go to Jesus' tomb after his death. Our story tells us that they came at early dawn. They would have been there the day before if it had not been the Sabbath, the day of rest. So they came as soon as they could, knowing the work would be more difficult, having had to wait a whole day and a night. They come prepared for the work, but not prepared for what they find. After Jesus' body had been taken down from the cross, it had been hastily played and placed in a nearby tomb. The stone had been rolled in front of the tomb's entrance for safekeeping. End of story, it was over, he was dead. There was nothing to do now but to finish the burial and to move on with life. But the women's plans are radically changed when they find not only the tomb open and the body gone, but angelic visitors waiting to tell them some strange news. In Luke's version, the two men in dazzling clothes have to remind the women that Jesus predicted all of this would happen. And who can blame them for forgetting? It seemed like such impossible talk at the time. But now the men say Jesus is actually alive again. And what to make of that? And who would believe the women anyway? I have a sizable ant colony in my backyard. I have never seen ants so small in my life. They are just tiny. They are impossibly tiny. And there are thousands of them. Now, my yard is not big, but there would be enough space for me and the ants to live in harmony if only they didn't like living under the concrete walkway that goes from the back door to the garage. On a warm day, there are thousands of these tiny ants covering a three-foot section of the walkway, making it simply unpassable. Of course, I could do something about these ants, 
I could buy some poison and spray them with it. I could call an exterminator and have them removed. I could tear up the walkway and rebuild. I could even blow towards the whole area and incinerate them. Instead, what do I do? I just use the other door to get to the garage when they're swarming. On a warm day, I remember that they'll be all over the walkway and I just avoid it. Sometimes I stand close enough to watch them for a while. They seem very busy doing something important. I know I could try to wipe them out, but they would just come back. They care nothing for me. They care nothing for the particular life of any individual ant in the colony. Together, though, they are a movement. They are a force. They are only interested in their antness living on from generation to generation. And boy, I admire that. In their tiny collective way, they are more powerful than I am. Even though I wish they were not in my way, I respect their territory. I can go around them. I can leave them in peace. Just as long as they stay out of my house, we are fine with each other. I assure you, though, if they try to come inside, it will be war. (laughs) Record numbers of women elected to the U.S. House of Representatives. A female speaker of the House. A Me Too movement that has brought down entertainers, corporate executives, news anchors, politicians, and almost the president. A Black Lives Matter movement started by women. Women leading movements against gun violence, working for immigration reform, and combating environmental degradation around the globe. Women running for president. Women everywhere are coming into power, cooperating like ants to make things better for all of us. The last couple of decades have seen record numbers of women-led initiatives worldwide. More and more women are insisting their voices be heard. In this connected world of ours, we know more and more about the ways women are continually repressed. We know more and more about how women's movements fit together, and we know more and more about how to support women's efforts to bring justice, hope, and peace. And then there is Peter. Clueless Peter, the stand-in for all of us men who just can't bring ourselves to believe that the women are right. One of the most reassuring things about living in a patriarchal society, a society where straight, white, able-bodied men make the decisions, is how often the patriarchy is subverted and how easily Patriarchy may get its way much of the time, but every single day it is hampered, frustrated, subverted, and challenged by a million small acts of defiance. These acts of defiance usually come from women, people of color, queer folk, and the differently abled. These acts of defiance do not make headlines, no one keeps track of them, and there is no credit given for them. 
And yet, these acts of defiance are precisely what keeps authoritarian power in check. They are what make our world bearable. These small, persistent acts of defiance breathe humanity into inhumane places. Despite what fundamentalist Christians have done with him, it is worth seeing Jesus as an early proto-feminist. His consistent interest in women's lives and issues is a radical change from the culture of his day. Jesus talks to women that he doesn't know. This just wasn't done. He listens to women and he heals them. He's not even supposed to touch them, let alone heal them. He eats with disgraced women. He lifts other women up from a subservient place. He respects them and he relies on them for his movement to succeed. 2,000 years ago, it would have been unheard of for a Middle Eastern man to have this much interest in women's rights and dignity. It would have been unheard of for him to take the time to heal women, to defend them, and to share power with them. I am not surprised that it is to the women that the amazing news of the resurrection comes first. The women at the tomb were the natural audience for this amazing reversal. They had been with Jesus, caring for him and the others for years. Despite tradition, we would be wrong to think of Jesus' disciples as only 12 men. Women followers of Jesus get as much mention in the gospel as the men do. Despite patriarchy's attempts to write women out of the story, Jesus relied on women's work, women's advice, and women's money to spread his message. That's why Peter's response to the women, to the women's news, is so laughable. The same Peter, who denied ever knowing Jesus two days earlier, has to be the one to see the empty tomb for himself. If you think that the human dynamics described in the Easter story no longer ring true, I offer you this example. When a 76-year-old, straight, white, male, former vice president can be the presidential candidate front-runner before he has even announced his candidacy, we still have a problem. Peter is still jumping up and running off to see the empty tomb all for himself. Now, if I was Kamala Harris, Kristen Gillibrand, Amy Klobuchar, or Elizabeth Warren, I would be having a fit right now. Any of these fierce women could easily run this country. The early success of Beto O'Rourke, Pete Buttigieg, Bernie Sanders, John Hickenlooper, and Jay Inslee must make the men of color in the race, Cory Booker, Julian Castro, and Andrew Yang, just shake their heads. Okay, Pete's young and gay and charismatic, but really? (laughs) Is this where we still are? I know it's early, I know a lot will change, You may not think that Easter is the time to be political, but Jesus brought politics right to Pontius Pilate's door. Politics got Jesus killed. I just wonder then when we will start listening to the women. I wonder when we will start believing them. 
When will we start listening to people of color and believing them? When will we stop being like Peter, stop insisting we must be right and someone else must be wrong? It's Peter's worldview that the resurrection upsets. It's Peter's certainty the angel's news threatens. The women quickly accept the resurrection's radical shift. They are open to God showing them a new thing. They are open to the possibility of Jesus being alive again. The women have ears that are open to hearing good news. And what about us? What new thing have we heard this morning? How might we believe the women? There's an old Calypso song written in 1936 by King Radio and popularized by Joan Baez, Harry Belafonte, and the Grateful Dead that I always turn up when it comes on the radio. It's easy to sing along to, and it always makes me laugh. Let's put men and women together, see which one is smarter, the song says. Some say men, but I say no. Women got the men like a puppet show. (laughs) Then comes the catchy refrain. It ain't me, it's the people that say. The men are leading the women astray. I say, it's the women today, smarter than the men in every way. That's right, the women are smarter. That's right, the women are smarter. That's right, the women are smarter. Smarter than the men in every way. Jesus was a hippie. He wasn't threatened by women. Maybe we guys should get out of the way for a few hundred years and see how they handle things. My guess is the women would do just fine. Happy Easter. So be it. Amen.